0: Unfortunately, guys, football did not come home. I'm not even gonna do an intro today. I just wanna break down this game with Arvin. You know, it is our final episode of your only fans today. And yeah, um, first of all, I want to say a fullback scoring in the first five minutes, ending up in a, in a loss. Uh, it's just a lot of different vibes soon out now, but you know, let's try our best to analyse this game from an analytical perspective. Let's get straight into it and analyse Italy versus England, the Euro 2025 turn and watch, 19 years old,
1: Bukayo Saka step up and take huge responsibility on his young shoulders. Saka has to score. It's saved by Donnarumma! And it's Italy who are the champions of Europe. Penalties prove to be the dagger in English hearts once more.
0: So yeah, let's get straight into it. I think we should start with Italy, first of all. Um, I've got to say, these three factors strike me, first of all, of how proud I am that Italy won. I'm just joking, but how happy I am for Italy. First of all, those defenders, you know, 37 and 34 years of age, absolutely respect them to Mancini, everything he's done with that team since the World Cup failures under their previous manager. It's our 34th game unbeaten, so you know, if there was one team I wanted to lose to, it would be Italy. And, you know, I've got to respect them. But, you know, Arvin, I want to ask you, are they your deserved winners for, from the whole tour? I know they have won it, but are they your deserved winners?
1: Um, Based off of, like, who they played and obviously in the group stages, the football that they played. Yeah, probably just, just by an edge. I'd say obviously with the football me and you talk about porn football that they played it's, it's excellent to see especially that game against Belgium it was, wow it's fascinating maybe maybe not against Spain but it just proved the fact that you know all the teams that don't play well and they can somehow win are the other are best teams and you know Italy proved that they didn't play as well as they should have um uh, last night and, and they won and they, well sorry two nights ago and they won the game so yeah full credits to Manchini and it's a you know not necessarily the best attack that they've had you know the the midfield and defence are amazing as you know as we've said maybe not stacked out quality obviously Spinozola injured Emerson came in for the left back position obviously their team isn't bliss you know isn't really blessed or paced but you know they somehow managed to make it work and it's a brilliant brilliant performance throughout the the tournament.
0: Yeah, I did say from the start, and you know, I'm always going to bring it back to the start. I did say Italy did have all it takes to win, and you know, um I believe Michelle did say on the podcast before the whole even Euro side, Italy were as winners. So you know, fair play. But you know, are Italy going to be dominant for the next five to ten years after this? I'm obviously not. Like they're not going to win every single competition. But for me, they don't strike me as a team that's really going to dominate for the next five ten years. It will seem like this is a one time thing with the players they have. You know, the defenders especially. They're ageing. Donnarumma is obviously young, but the fullbacks, you know, it doesn't seem like a long-term project, right? This is just a a one-time thing and they should really make the use of this kind of feeling.
1: Yeah, it's a bit like, obviously, I wouldn't say golden generation, but I I do feel like, you know, all the players, especially Mancini and all the players that are involved, they've come together and they've performed, you know, at best at a time where, you know, where it was needed. So, well, I I certainly wouldn't think that there's any long-term project in an international um any international team because I don't think this is club club football or we don't see it as Chelsea FC anyway. But um yeah, I especially do think that Italy, yeah, they just came good at a time where, you know, they needed it. And in terms of long term um World Cup, I, I still think there'll be good favourites for that. Maybe not the best favourites, but um yeah I if, Especially, you know, with the way they play. It's just as a unit as a whole. And you mentioned, you mentioned that quite a lot, the unit. So, um, well, I mean, Donnarumma's young. is still young. There's still a lot of, I'd say, mid aged players that are still in the team. Obviously, 25 is still really young age in terms of life expectancy. <laughs> but, um, you know, 25 football is around mid-age. And obviously, the defenders, I mean, you've got Bastoni coming in. So, you know, he's, mm. what is he, he's 19. So, yeah, he he's a promising defender uh, defender, especially for Inter. So yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll see.
0: Yeah, I like the point you made that you know Bastoni's coming through. He's yeah, I think nineteen twenty. Then ever Serbi who's like thirty. So I think I just don't see this as a team that's going to be dominant for the next five ten years. Like a big a big nation. I think this was the the big opportunity they took it, and felt like that was Croatia in the last World Cup, but they obviously lost. Mm. And Italy won, so you know, fair fair play. Um. You know, Italy. I have gotta say as well, fair play to them. Like I've already said so far, there's not really much. There wasn't many key players because, like I said, there's no real standout players in this team. It's just the unit. Like when when they press, it always presses the unit as a eleven, or well, it's not the goalkeeper but as a ten. And it's just like with one player goes forward, the other goes forward. They're always cover. They're always knowing where they're going to run, where they're going to stay behind. Even when Spinazzola came out, they could have lost to Spain. They could have lost to England. But even with Emerson Palmieri, who I know personally. Is a very questionable fullback. They still managed to win That's the Euro. So, yeah, I, I just I don't know how they've they pulled it off. I'm with Di Lorenzo right back, Jorginho, who I didn't see him as a great midfielder in the lone DM role, has really shone as well. So, I mean, if there's one player from this tournament who you, you would say, apart from Spinazole, I think we've already kind of talked about him, mm-hmm. that can really put his name in world football right now and really shine for the next five or six years, who would that be for you?
1: Um, Definitely uh, Fede Chiesa or Federico Chiesa however you want to say obviously um, Norgosman is said to be a big fan of him but he's too expensive so I mean especially Vastin Jonas we're certainly not going to sign him but but Juventus he's going to be an excellent player and you've seen that obviously in the state's Spain game, that finish was, oh, that was mad. And he was the one really providing that. I did feel like he was better than Insigne and Mobley. I feel like, I do feel like he was Italy's best attacker. That's just my personal opinion. I feel like the energy that he brought to every game is something that, you know, wasn't really, I wouldn't say lacking a big amount but you know someone like Chiesa is just different compared to Insignia and Mobile, the threat that he brings you know it brings an injection of energy and yeah he he was very pivotal to Italy so I think he's definitely a player that will shine in the future
0: yeah fair shot I mean if I could add any other players out I'd, I'd actually add Di Lorenzo he's had a very good tournament since he came in for uh to for Lorenzi in the first game I think he's mm-hmm. really I've really been a good you know defensive right back in terms of that, you know, like I said, there's not many players who've really stamped the name in World Football like, obviously, think, I'm, I'm going to say Jorginho, yeah.
1: I think most of the players are already established, like Kianini, Bonucci, Donnarumma. We already know how good they are. Obviously, mm. Immobile's a class striker. He, he was, I wouldn't say underperformed, but obviously he didn't show his qualities for the latter stage of the tournament Insignia obviously we know what he's capable of the midfield is the midfield is amazing Jorginho Verratti Locke, Locatelli could be a player maybe if he moved to Arsenal I don't think he will move to Arsenal but if he moves to Premier League or something like that he could put, put, maybe potentially put his name up in light so you know, that's right to be honest most of them um, already established
0: mm, Pessina Pessina could be up there as well he's no. had a good few games yeah he
1: has he's been okay he's, what is it, he scored his two goals was it he mm. scored against austria and he scored against uh wales didn't he so yeah yeah but i don't really see him as a pivotal player of italy so i don't think so
0: yeah i think Chiesa definitely i don't know why he wasn't starting at the at the start you Now berardi oh my god i don't know i think he's actually linked with leicester so that, that'll that be interesting but i don't think there's any real comments about italy i'm obviously quite salty about italy i can't like, that's why i'm not too you know too many comments but next up we'll be talking about the runners-up and my nation england Ah, uh, so, yeah, let's get into England. Um, don't know where to start. First of all, let's talk about England's general play. I felt after the goal, you could see, there was no real mental, what can I say, uh, like experience to kind of know how to see off a game. There was a few chances where we really needed to take them to score. We did not take them, and we just sat back and allowed Italy to play with the ball. Uh, I mean, were you impressed with England today? And did you think they should have won the game?
1: Um... Well, I don't, I don't think Italy were that good either. So I think, I mean, it's, a, I know it's a final, but if it would have been a draw, then I mean, you can't really. There's already much that you can go off. I, I don't feel like either nation was really, or either team was really, you know, better than the other. I feel like England in the first half were good, but then It's in the second half, obviously, I, I would put it down to a bit of game management because obviously England, maybe for the attacking qualities they have, they were a bit too defensive minded. I don't know if that was a flaw, but obviously that's just, you know, game tactics and stuff. So we can't really blame Southgate for that because it it has worked and it nearly worked then as well. You know, they only lost in a penalty shootout. So um, I, had, I don't think either nation really deserved, fully deserved to win. But obviously, based off previous games, I think Italy slightly edged it. But um, yeah, I just feel like... For England, England's point of view, yeah, they they sat back. It's all like they took the lead too early. I just never felt like they took the game to Italy as much as they should have. Obviously, there wasn't really a, there wasn't really like a five, maybe even a two minute so in the game where you could see England were really at Italy's throats and they really wanted to get that goal. You never you never saw that where they were where Italy at one point they were just really pinned back. I, I don't think I saw that throughout the entire game. So and Italy, you know england just allowed Italy to play and if you do that then you're just playing with a fire to be honest so yeah i don't think iron nation really deserved to win Italy didn't pose that that much of a threat either towards england but obviously they got their goal they took it to pens and they won so yeah Uh, it's a tough one to call
0: it's a tough one to call and let's talk about one of the key talking points on this game i think there's a lot of talk. I don't know if you saw this, mm. the Chiellini vs. Saka kind of thing, where mm. he pulled back his neck, and it, it kind of looked like a really dirty foul. In my eyes. Um. Obviously, I don't think it could have been a red the way he pulled him back. Um. Obviously, it's not. It's not a malicious channel. It could have been dangerous. He could have got you know to extreme. He could have been choked by that. You don't know if he had asthma or anything. So, I don't really know. But from your eyes, do you think it was? It could have been a red in any shape or form. And also the penalty incident with Sterling was that a penalty to you? Um.
1: The Sterling penalty, um, let me just try and remember where it was. Um, oh, right, that one. Well, there was a bit of contact made, I do think, but it wasn't exactly like, it wasn't exactly like, it, it wasn't like the defender, I, I can't remember who it was, but it wasn't like he didn't try and play the ball and just take out Sterling. I don't think it was a Stonewall penalty. And with the red card situation, that was definitely not a red card. I mean, he just pulled back his shirt. I know it was around the neck area, but he he wasn't really... I mean, he was like 50 yards away from the goal anyway, so there wasn't really much that Saka could have done in that situation. So I don't think that was a red. There was another incident with the uh, Jorginho one. I don't think that was certainly not a red because I just feel like sometimes... I just feel like... Obviously, Grealish was already on the floor and Jorginho just tried to win the ball... It went, the foot wasn't really that high either, so you know, definitely, I think all decisions are spot on, to be honest.
0: There's a lot of talk about Bjorn Kuypers being a bit biased, but you know, after the last game, everything that happened with the penalty call and all that, uh, you can't really be too too pissed off for that. But, uh, I mean, more talk about this game. I'd say one player, I'll start, one player has really made his mark in England, in world football, not just for England, I'd say probably Calvin Phillips. Probably, I say come. Um, Phillips had a really solid tour and he's played I uh, pretty much every single minute that I can imagine apart from you know, extra time and whatnot. And also Declan, Rice. Right, I saw that midfield pivot was really juicy, um not like that, but a really juicy pivot. Is there any other players you'd add on to that? You know, obviously the of not the obvious to players like Luke Shaw and all them? Um, <clears throat> um
1: Well I mean well. If I was an Everton fan, I'd be fuming it because Jordan Pickford was some sort of a different player for England. And he always, he always is like that. But Jesus Christ, his, his performance for England compared to his performances for Everton is just staggeringly bad. Like, the the difference in levels. So, I think, obviously, he won Golden Glove. But, um, yeah, apart from that, all the other players are re-established. I mean, yeah, the, all the other players are already established And maybe Maguire uh, not necessarily being... Obviously, now people look at him and say, wow, he was amazing for England, rather than just looking at his 18 mil price tag. I do feel like that's definitely changed that That's gone out the window. So he's definitely a player that people will respect now. So, yeah, he's he's definitely one of those players. But um, no, that's about it, to be honest. I feel like even in 2018, they all performed really well. So, yeah, there's not really much to go off apart from, you know, Calvin Phillips, Deacon Rice. They were additions and they played amazing.
0: Yeah, they're all playing, mainly like I said, there's not really many players who for England who really stood out for the tournament, but I'd say the pivot was really good, and yeah, let's go on to the penalties now, we've talked about the game as a whole, okay. um, I want to talk to you, is it Southgate's fault for bringing on two players who've barely played the whole tournament, you know, just for the penalties, obviously you can't expect them to, to carry the team in the penalties, or would you blame the run-ups of Sancho, Saka, and, and Rashford?
1: Well, I mean, everyone has a designated run-up and they obviously see You can't really blame the run-up, to be honest, because if it affects, yeah, it could potentially affect the way you hit the ball. But um, no, but Sancho took a solid enough penalty. But, you know, Donnarumma just guessed right. So, same with Bakayo Saka. So you can't expect every player to just hit top corner. It's all like guessing game. So I reckon it is a bit of luck. Rashad's one. I I expect him to smash that in, obviously, like he usually does. But um, no, I certainly wouldn't think it's a run up because obviously the players are entrusted within themselves to for which run up. So I don't think you can blame that because every player has a style. For example, Paul Pogba has this, you know, twenty five twenty five minute run up to you know his penalty and he, and he <laughs> scores sometimes. So um the the substitution thing well i've seen that happen before you, uh, you remember it with paciencia for frankfurt and then he missed the penalty against chelsea in the semi-final mm-hmm. i saw that against um germany italy as well in 2016 when we won the penalty shootout against them they uh put on lorenzo insigne for um when well, like the 190th minute to take a penalty and they ended up losing as well um you can't really blame Southgate because I feel like he's just done so much good in this tournament to begin the blame for anything, and he even took the blame, you know, for for putting those players on penalties. But then again, you know, Sancho, Rashford, whether they were warmed up properly before the penalty shootout, whether they got grips of you know the game, because I, I do tend to think that players who are already on the pitch who have played more would would necessarily be uh how would you say more used to the environment so yeah it's, it's it's a tough one to call but then you can look at again say they're professional footballers and they should be scoring and yeah
0: Mm. yeah, all interesting points and you know, we've talked about this game as a whole. Uh really, really painful, obviously so for the England fans, but I want to take a minute, I'm sure Arvin has as well been a main stake in the series. Uh thank everyone for listening to our Your fan series. It's been a pleasure to record with different guests every single day for thirty days. We did keep our promise in the end, obviously you missed the last few. We'll allow that. But thank you everyone, you know, ask me and I know you're listening right now. Lionel, joe Joel, Arvin's uh big fan of Arvin's big fan of mine on the podcast and You know, thank you to all of you guys for listening, you know, Chelsea Perspective, all of you guys, and, you know, thank you. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen, but we'll be back. We'll have a week break or so, we'll be back for pre-season content, reviewing different teams' transfer, transfer experts, journalists, all stuff like that. But anyways, guys, take care, and we'll take things, anyways, guys, take care, make sure to keep things perfect.